You are listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews from experts around the world on the latest and most interesting trends and information on human rights and international humanitarian law. My name is Mpiti and we are broadcasting from the Raul Wallenberg Institute in Lund, Sweden. Today we are speaking to Antonov Schifferow, who is a lecturer and PhD student at Addis Ababa University's Center for Human Rights. Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Yeah, so if you could begin maybe by just telling us about yourself, like when we speak of Antonov Schifferow, who are we talking about and where are you from and what are you currently doing? Mm, okay. Um, uh, I live in Ethiopia. I'm a lecturer at Addis University Center for Human Rights. Uh, I teach. Uh, I, I teach here, and also I'm currently a PhD student uh, at the center. Wow! And what is it exactly? Teach what field? Uh, it's in, in. I teach two courses: international human rights law and gender and human rights course to our master's uh, students. Um, as I've said, I have, I'm now also doing my PhD. Uh, and, and what uh, area of focus is your PhD in? Uh, I'm focusing on women's land rights. I'm looking into uh, how uh, women's uh, rights are localized uh, through the land certification program, which has been implemented in Ethiopia in the last uh, like 20 years. So I'm going look, to look into uh, the impact of uh, this certification land uh, certification program in promoting uh, women's uh, rights. Wow, that, that's uh, very interesting. What is it in particular that led you to pursuing this? Thank you. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, there are uh, different uh, international instruments which, uh, which uh, put in place a normative framework for the protection of women's rights. But mostly when we see their implementation, uh, they are uh, poorly implemented. Uh, the reason, there, there are various reasons for that. Uh, culture can be one of the reasons. Uh, on the, when I say culture, uh, those, when those norms are adopted at the international level, uh, they may not be reflective of the reality in different countries. So when they are brought to uh, national levels, they may not get acceptance or legitimacy as they are. So mostly those norms uh, uh, will be translated into local uh, local uh, vernaculars. Uh, people will contextualize their rights to reflect uh, the reality on the ground. So uh, my paper uh, will look into how this process takes place, who are the actors in, uh, in, in translating these rights into reality, uh, and I will look into how this right has been translated uh, through the land uh, certification process. 
And in particular, do you have any uh, case studies uh, that you're using, uh, specific countries perhaps? Uh, mainly, I will focus on Ethiopia and from Ethiopia also because we have uh, a federal arrangement. Uh, there are uh, different states within uh, Ethiopia, so I will be focusing on one of the states. Uh, have chosen uh, is I will be focusing on the thousand on the Sidama regional states, uh, which has been recently uh, established, which uh, become a regional states Re recently. It was organized under the Southern uh, Nations and Nationalities of, uh, and Peoples of Ethiopia, but now it's an independent uh, regional state. And uh, I, will look, I will be focusing on how the certification program uh, has, uh, has taken place in this region and how it has impacted uh, women's rights uh, or women's ability uh, to claim their rights before uh, was before the court and before Kasmari uh, court also because apparently the Kasmari uh, uh, system is also is, is also recognized as long as it doesn't contravene with uh, constitutional rights. So there is a power system of constitutional education uh, system. So I would look into how this uh, work in Ethiopia. Okay. <coughs> And uh, I wonder if we could switch gear a little bit and uh, talk about your relationship with the Raoul Wallenberg Institute. So let's start with uh, how did you first hear about the Raoul Wallenberg Institute? Uh, it was uh, in, I think, in 2017 or 18. Sorry, I don't remember the exact time. Uh -huh. uh, they started to a partnership with the institutes where I work with the Center for Human Rights. So I came to know them uh, closely by that time. But before that also, I know the institute because I uh, did my master's uh, uh, degree in, Pre in Pretoria University. So at that time also, they had uh, a partnership with the institute. So the institute's name was mentioned. Uh, I, I used to hear the name of the institutes, but I was not uh, familiar with its activities. But uh, later in 2017, when they started uh, the partnership uh, work in partnership with the Center for Human Rights, I came to know about the institute. Ah, so you said you had your master's degree at the University of Pretoria in South Africa, is that correct? Yes, yes. Ah, and uh, even there, heard about the institute. Uh, the name I uh, I think they were professors who came from the who were invited from the institute who taught in during the master's program in Pretoria. I remember that one of the at least one of the instructors mentioned his association with the Raoul Allenberg Institute. So okay. And so how long has uh, been your association with the Raoul Wallenberg Institute? Uh, since this partnership with the center, I've been engaging with, uh, with the, the institute with different activities, especially with the regional office and the project management here in Addis. 
Okay, can you uh, go into a little bit uh, of detail uh, explaining what is it precisely uh, that you do with the Institute and like highlight some of the uh, activities that you're currently engaged with? Okay, uh, the, especially I was uh, part of most of the activities that relate with gender issues. Uh, so uh, the Rolandberg Institute, uh, together with the Center for Human Rights, have been offering, for example, trainings on gender mainstreaming to project staffs. So I was part of it in in developing the training. Uh, the training concept not and put the training to take place uh, and also have been uh, engaged with the institute in as a research uh, as a visiting scholar have been given a chance uh, to benefit from one man's uh, visit at Lund, in, at Lund uh, with uh, the institute so uh, I was also one of the beneficiaries. Then also there were also research projects which focused on the impact of COVID-19 uh, on uh, gender issues, on women's rights issues. So I have been engaged in that activity also. In There were researches which was conducted by uh, different uh, researchers. So I have been uh, engaged as an advisor in that in under in when the students when the researchers were undertaking uh, the research and also during my PhD studies they were training on uh, on research methodology on human rights research so I also participated in that uh, in that training that was offered uh, by Raoul Wallenberg Institute. Wow, Recently, also, I was part of uh, uh, a gender audit, uh, which was uh, conducted by consultants employed by Rodenberg. So I was uh, part of it also in reviewing documents. Wow, that that's that's quite a, a lot of work that uh, you've done in uh, a relatively short amount of time. Uh, you mentioned you. Uh, were one of the people who uh, were able to visit the headquarters of the institute in Lund. Can you describe your experience in Lund? How how did you find it? Uh, it was a good experience, and also it came in at a good time because at that time I was working on my PhD proposal. It was in uh, October two thousand nineteen, so uh, it gave me an opportunity to have. Uh, an exchange, intellectual exchange with uh, those who are at root, and also I was able to benefit from the materials available at uh, the Allenberg's uh, library uh, in Lund. So it was a very beneficial, beneficial experience for me, uh, in especially in developing my PhD uh, proposal. How long were you in Lund, by the way? Uh, it was for one month. Wow. The time was a bit short, but it was good. Uh, um, made use of it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> I'm sure before you came to Lund, you probably had uh, expectations of what you would find uh, 
at the institute and in London in general. So did uh, the institute or did the trip meet your expectations that you had before? Yes, yes, because uh, this was a visiting scholar, scholar uh, 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 it was a good opportunity for me. Uh, my expectation was to uh, to benefit from the resource available there and also to have uh, the exchanges with scholars uh, at the uh, Raoul Wallenberg. So uh, it met my expectation. I had such an opportunity. And are you still in touch with some of the scholars and the researchers you met in Lund? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, some of them came also later on to provide training, uh, so uh, we're in, in touch. Uh. <clears throat> so, uh, what impact or difference would you say that the Raoul Wallenberg Institute uh, has had on your on your life and on your career and? This is uh, not only just uh, your trip to Lund, but also the work that you've been doing with the Institute in Ethiopia. Uh, as I mentioned, my focus area is on gender uh, issues, on gender and human rights, um, focusing mainly on women's rights issues. Uh, so in that regard, uh, uh, the, my engagement with uh, Raoul Allenberg gave me an opportunity you know, to have exchanges with, with scholars with similar interests. For example, during my stay uh, at Lund, uh, uh, there was uh, a workshop on uh, how to design and uh, teach gender and law course. Uh, so uh, in that in that. I was able to share the experience I have and I was able to get the experience of uh, others and this created a platform uh, for me to know that the challenge we face in Ethiopia might also be happening in, uh, in another place in a different uh, context. So this gives you uh, also to learn from other experiences and also to share our experience. Uh, so this very, it was a very useful uh, platform. Uh, and also uh, the research uh, programs I participated in was also very uh, important and uh, it has contributed in uh, developing uh, our skills, research skills and also knowledge uh, in general, not only for me, but also for those researchers who were involved in those uh, researches that was conducted uh, under uh, the project. And uh, you mentioned uh, specifically that you were able to benefit from uh, some of the resources that are available at the library. And the library here at the Institute is... Um, yes. Something that we're very proud of. Uh, the collection of books there uh, has taken a long time to uh, uh, be collected, and it's something that the Institute is very proud of. Could you explain uh, in further detail uh, how your engagement with the library in particular has helped your research? Uh, 
yet uh, the, the library is very resourceful, not only the physical books, but also the online materials that I have access to are very useful. Uh, it's not the how the library was organized is also uh, for me uh, very uh, important experience. Uh, there were the library has accommodated uh, different uh, books, which uh, not only recent books but also older uh, older books on different thematic areas. So uh, my one of my focus area was on gender and human rights uh, uh, issues. So I was able to access them uh, there physically and also the online materials available that was made available to us was also very uh, useful for my study and also for my uh, professional uh, development. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, for your, you mentioned that you're uh, currently doing a PhD and also uh, lecturing at the same time in Addis Ababa. Uh, could you share with us a little bit about your long-term career aspirations? What do you plan to do uh, after your PhD, for example? Uh, after my PhD, uh, no, I have to continue in uh, conducting research uh, because academically I will be I'll get promotion and also my uh, academic. Uh, uh, performance will grow uh, based on the research I do. So um, uh, I will be, uh, I think I will be more, pro I will be more productive in producing uh, researches uh, both by myself and in country with different scholars from different parts of the world. So my, I think my my research uh, my focus will be on doing uh, more research and publishing those research on uh, reputable journals. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> I guess uh, wrapping up now, uh, what advice uh, would you give to uh, listeners who? Uh, will potentially hear this podcast and listen to you and think, oh, uh, I would like to follow in this lady's footsteps. I would like to do research in human rights and also publish uh, important uh, research on this topic. Uh, what advice would you give to them uh, in terms in terms of following this career path? And also uh, for people who would like to um, engage with the Raoul Wallenberg Institute, what advice would you have for them? Mm. Uh, my advice is that yeah, research is uh, very important. Uh, and uh, when we do research, mostly we might focus only on books. Uh, we might focus that we will get everything uh, by only researching based on books. But I think we should go beyond that. Uh, the exchange we have with people who are in the same field is very important. Uh, and one of the advantage I uh, I got from this uh, program is that 
I had the opportunity to uh, have conversations with uh, different people with different background. Uh, so that's also important. Uh, it will give you any perspective to look into uh, different issues. Uh, so it's very important to have uh, such an engagement. And such an, an engagement should not come only from uh, the West. You know, the exchange should also be among, uh, uh, within, for example, within uh, the same region, like within Africa also, there are important exchanges we have to make uh, among ourselves uh, than only looking to the West End. I think Raoul Oliberg created that opportunity in the different workshops I participated. It's not only people who were coming from the West, but also from regional uh, countries, from African countries or from uh, Belarus, for example, from uh, Cambodia, there were people coming from China. So this uh, created a good platform for us to have an exchange on different experiences. So it's very important to have such uh, engagement uh, among uh, different countries and uh, people with different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And uh I guess the last question I have for you is, um, <clears throat> uh, we've spoken to a few people who research in some area of human rights. And the impression that I have gotten is that everyone um, has an idea for what sort of impact or uh, lasting uh, legacy, if you like, that they would like to achieve with their work and with their research. And so my question for you is what sort of uh, goal or impact would you like to achieve uh, over the entire lifespan of your career? And how do you think uh, your work now with the Institute will help you uh, in achieving this impact? Yeah, I think at the end of what I want to, to see is uh, women's life being changed uh, for better uh, because of different reasons. Uh, women uh, has been facing different challenges. Uh, so uh, my uh, activities, uh, I want my research activities to uh, gear towards changing women's life. Uh, the research and the research may not immediately bring change, but it can feed the policy, uh, the policy framework. It can feed uh, into bringing change in uh, the law or bringing change on how the law is implemented. Uh, so through that, I want to see uh, my research activities and uh, can bring change. In, uh, in life. Wow. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Anchinesh, for your time and for this uh, wonderful conversation. I've learned a lot and I know uh, our listeners uh, will also be inspired uh, by listening to uh, your amazing work and just your amazing career trajectory. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking your time for this conversation.
Thank you for listening to On Human Rights. That was Anchanef Shifarar, lecturer and PhD student at Addis Ababa University Center for Human Rights, talking about her work and relationship with the Raoul Wallenberg Institute. For more information and the latest updates on the Raoul Wallenberg Institute's work, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.